Hello and welcome to BizNation, your home for micro and small business help. Join us as we unpack all the pain points in starting or running your small business. If you're looking for support in business, join us on Facebook, Micro and Small Business Support Group. Your host, Kerry Zarb, brings you discussions, interviews and many hints and tips to get you all set in your business. So sit back and enjoy as we launch into today's episode. On today's episode, we have financial advisor Vince Scully from Life Sherpa. Vince resides in Sydney with over 35 years experience and proud father of a 20-year-old son. Vince has had two attempts at early retirement, aged 40 and age 50, and something keeps dragging him back in. Welcome to the show, Vince. It's great to be here, Kerry. So what happened with these two attempts of retirement? Is it, I have to ask the question, is it actually the work that needs you or you that needs the work? Like meaning, do you really want to retire? That's a really good question, Kerry. Um, I'd been working at Macquarie in, my, in the 90s when I was you know, in my 30s. And I had long maintained that when the share price hit 100 bucks, I could retire. I hadn't really thought about what I'd do when I retired, but I'd always thought that um, my my boy was born when I was 38. And 2003, when I was just turned 40, um, I got the opportunity, the, the share price had got into the 90s, and I was given the option of moving to London or Seoul or taking a whole bunch of money. And um, I thought 93 is awfully close to 100. This is my opportunity. And... I retired, supposedly, and um, I think I lasted about three months on that occasion. And I then started what became the Caliva Group of companies, which I ended up selling to Mark Boris in 2007. Um, and I think the, the thing that brought me back was not necessarily the work, but the concept that I needed uh, some purpose in life. Yep. I was having a great time. I was fitter than I'd ever been. Um, you know, I was exercising, I was running, I was cycling, I was feeling really good, but that purpose was missing. So I do a lot of work in Life Shepherd with people who are into, you may have heard of this, the new FIRE movement, which is financial independence, retire early. And these are people, you know, focused on saving every cent they can to retire in their 30s. And I asked the questions, what are the, the three things that you need to successfully retire? And the first one is enough, enough money to let you sleep at night. And most yep. people focus on that one. Then you need enough purpose to wake you up, uh, to get you up in the morning. Mm-hmm. And that's the bit that a lot of people miss out on. And then the third one is enough joy to sustain you through the day. And so yep. people who get to early retirement by extreme frugality often miss out on that last bit. But it is a three-legged stool and you need all three to make it stand up. And I guess I was missing the purpose. So I actually created a financial advice funds management business in 2000. Uh, towards the end of 2003, we lodged the license. That kept us going through to the GFC that I... Um, by a miracle of timing that wasn't of my making, so I'm not going to claim credit for this, um, in December 2007, 
Mark Boris offered me a uh, a check I couldn't refuse to uh, sell him my advice business. Mm-hmm. And so post GFC, I was um, again semi-retired, and um, this time I lasted a bit longer. Um, so I was now very late forties, and um, I did a little bit of consulting, but not a lot. So mm-hmm. I worked here. After about, well, when the um, what you call it, the um, the fallout died down and people started getting back to life in sort of 2010, 11, I did stop doing some work a few days a week. And that eventually, come 2014, led me to Life Sherpa. And that really was about purpose, though. Yeah. And that's about saying that, you know, I've, this industry has been very good to me. Um, I've made a very good living for 35 years. But we have an industry that's focused on people with money. And there's 80% of the population has never seen a financial advisor. True. And that's because only 20% of the population needs what the industry is selling Mm -hmm. because it's focused on investment. Whereas actually, yeah, most people, well, most Australians don't have hundreds of thousands of dollars to invest. And so that's what the industry's been selling. But really, you know, if you think about someone going through their 30s and 40s, they are going through what I call coupling, nesting and parenting. Yep. So they're, you know, they're forming a couple, they're buying a home, they're having kids. So they've got the biggest debt they're ever going to have. They've got the biggest risk they're ever going to have because they've got young kids, big debts, no assets. Yep. And um, kids are expensive. So all of that needs quality professional advice and it's not really available. And so that's really what brought Life Sherpa to life. And the concept of the Sherpa is someone who's, you know, your loyal trusty guide who leads you to your summit by sharing their experience and knowledge but it's still your summit so nobody nobody remembers who the sherpa was that climbed with most people who climb mount everest apart from the first guy um can't remember now but the first guy to climb mount everest we all know who his sherpa sherpa was but um no one else so it's about helping you along the way and that's really the concept of the sherpa yeah wonderful so that's what brought me back to full-time work. Um, and uh, it is really that concept of purpose. There's lots of ways you can get purpose, but someone who has a goal, as a goal to retire without a goal to what I'm replacing with is uh, a very odd thing to do, but becoming hugely trendy. Yeah, definitely. I'm really excited to have you on the show, Vince, because I wanted to talk to you about some key aspects that small business owners face with their financial planning. And I guess as a small business owner, um, we need to think a little bit differently from what I understand. So what's different about financial planning for small business owners? Um, There are a few things that are different. I mean, if you look at the population as a whole, 
um, something like 90% of Australian adults make their living by working for someone else. And that comes with its relative stability. So you know what your paycheck is at the end of the month. When you go to the bank for a home loan, you hand over your pay slip and they go, yes, we agree how much you earn. Um, and their employer is paying for super. When it comes to small business, obviously there's less certainty. We're investing. Uh, many of us rely on the sale of the business to be our retirement. Yep. And there are a lot more opportunities for planning. And when we go and see our accountant, they're by training and instinct focused on minimising tax and maximising asset protection when it comes to structuring, both of which are you know, very noble aims and have to be done. But they're often at conflict with our um, retirement savings. They're often at conflict with our ability to convince a bank to lend us the money we need for you know, the house we want to live in. And they're often at odds between at, with looking to get enough diversification in our investments. We see our business as something that we can control, something that can deliver a significant return, and we tend to overinvest in them at the expense of our general savings and retirement savings. So many of us do end up relying on the sale of our business to fund our retirement which you know may or may not work so you need the stars to align when your desire to exit lines up with someone's desire to buy your business if you had a uh, a blockbuster franchise 15 years ago um, yeah that's not much of a retirement today so balancing all of those conflicts is the key to getting this planning thing right. So we need to have, obviously focusing on paying as little tax as we can legally do. Mm -hmm. We need to focus on protecting our assets from you know, the risks of small businesses. But we also need to live life in the meantime. And we also need to create some diversification because the world changes around us. So if you did have that blockbuster store, what were you doing around diversification to deal with the day when people didn't rent video cassettes or CD DVDs anymore? And you know, they don't all have to be as dramatic as a whole industry change like that. But things do change and our ability and willingness to do what we've done changes with, with time. And I think a lot of people run out of the willingness to work and focus before they run out of the ability. And so we need to yeah, invest outside our businesses. We need to have the documentation and cash flows to support our home loan in the eyes of the bank, which may very well be different to what we know it looks like under the hood. Mm. And we need to make sure that we have that we're not 100% relying on our business for our retirement because no matter how good we are at it, there is a risk that there won't be a buyer 
at a price that we want at the time that we want. Yeah. That's where a financial planner comes in to provide that foil to your accountant. So really they're they're setting up a a bit of a – it's obviously financial planning, but it's also looking forward to the options so that you can set yourself up for the correct options come the right time. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, if you're sitting running a business, and I'm a small business guy, so I understand this, that there is a huge temptation to keep reinvesting because it's something that we know and have a perception of control and that we can then, by reinvesting, we can grow the business and hence grow our personal wealth and standing. And mathematically, that might be true, but it is putting all your eggs in the one basket, and that can be dangerous. And we let this perception of control get in the way of optimal investment. So it doesn't necessarily mean better, uh, sorry, higher returns, but it should mean better returns, which means yeah, more stable, more diversification, less dependent on one particular outcome. That is finding someone to buy our business when we want to sell. So Vince, explain this avoiding financial temptation for our listeners. They're they're small business owners and I think honing in on that a little bit further so that we really understand what that looks like. Can you give us a bit bit more about that? Yeah, sure. Um, And this is a trap that almost all of us fall into at one time or another. And in many cases, it works out for the best. But by what I mean by that is that our business is our baby. We understand every everything that makes it work and every dollar that passes through it and every customer we deal with. So we f- have this feeling that we control what's going on. Now, to an extent, we do, but, you know, the market changes – Uh, COVID comes along, the GFC comes along, um, Chinese manufacturing comes along, shopping online comes along. There are all sorts of bigger or smaller changes that happen all the time. And we need to, to deal with those. And often what we do is we just keep reinvesting in our business. So we take out what we need to live. Yep. And we keep reinvesting the rest. So our business can grow, mm-hmm. and um, but it does mean that all our eggs are now in the one basket. Oh, so we need to resist that temptation or find a right balance between that temptation and the need to create some assets and income outside of our businesses to allow for the fact that we're not that we can sort of break this nexus between the precise timing of our our retirement or even succession from our kids how do we have enough assets that we don't need to take the cash out on the day that we retire because finding that the right buyer or the right succession plan at the right time can often be difficult to do particularly given that a lot of people will end up retiring at a time other than they're planning due to 
ill health or ill health of a parent or a yeah. child um, or a market change. So we may think we're in control of it, but there is a whole bunch of stuff happening in the world that can change those plans. So we need a, a plan B and part of that is building some wealth outside of that. Definitely. That makes sense because, you know, no one's got the crystal ball. Like mm. who would have thought, you know, six months ago that we'd be all, you know, looking at down the, the barrel of COVID and, and having these current circumstances sure. that we face, you know. So, and, and life changes, you know, things, things we get thrown curveballs all the time in small business. So it's not unusual and, and having someone to help us plan for those, you know, exceptional kind of cases and not that you can, you know, fully predict, but, um, yeah, certainly having a plan B sounds like a great idea. Yeah. And, and, yeah, maybe having a few plan Bs. Yeah, I know a lot of people who started businesses in the early 2000s, you know, left good jobs in finance or whatever and set up businesses in the early 2000s. And their plan B was, oh, I can always go back to investment banking. I can always go back to lending mm -hmm. and so when they had business problems in the gfc well actually at the same time jobs in banking dried up yeah so what's your plan c or plan d mm. um, you hope you'll never have to implement them but it is surprising the number of things that you think are so obvious um you know i can always go back to work well maybe not yeah and yeah, because the world changes, because you get older. Again, if you were out of uh, an industry for 10 years, you're almost certainly not going back into the same level of seniority. Definitely. Cool. All right. Um, Vince, something I like to ask my guests on the show is what's a positive or a key takeaway for you from this time of COVID-19? That's a very interesting question, Kerry. Um, and it's something that we've talked about quite a bit in in our business. But from my personal viewpoint, as a, a bit of an introvert, I've been training all my life for this. This is because I can now effectively be in control of my own time. Our business can continue because we see all our customers virtually anyway. So our customers will not see the slightest change between mm -hmm. six months ago and now. Um, we held out, we were the last people standing in our office. We didn't close our office till the 1st of May. Oh. And um, I just, this, this is energizing for me to be at home um, focused on. So my focused on doing it, my productivity has gone way up. Yeah. Um, but we do have to work much harder as a team to be together. And certainly people who are more energized by being with other people are struggling a bit. So I can see that on our team. Yep. Uh, but for me, this is back to the future. I've worked at home for years and um, even you know, in my jobs before that, and I was a relatively uh, individual contributor to a lot of this business. You know, being a bit of an analytic, um, it just this just suits me. Now, obviously, it's not for everyone. It's not going to last forever. Um, and from a business perspective, this has really shown me the, that we were right to move online. So we built the whole 
life shape of business to be staffed remotely. Mm-hmm. So our our phone system is in the cloud. Our customer relationship management system is in the cloud. Um, so we could move offices in an afternoon almost seamlessly. Yeah, yeah. It took us longer to pack the boxes than to change the tech. <laughs> and so our system is designed to – so when you phone um, – one three hundred my Sherpa, our phone system says, "Hmm, that's Kerry's mobile. Kerry's advisor is Sophie." Oh wow! Now where's Sophie logged in today? Oh, she's on her mobile in a cafe in Bali. So now let me direct that call to Sophie's mobile. Fantastic. So no press one. I, I was adamant I was not going to have a press one for this, press two for that, and so we invested in this technology. So our phone system talks to Salesforce Mm -hmm. and it directs the call. And similarly, when you email um, mysherpa at lifesherpa.com.au, our Salesforce system works out, oh, that sending email is Kerry's email address. Now let me direct that email to your advisor and it will create a task for you to respond to that so that I can see if that task's been actioned within our service level and escalated accordingly. So it was designed that we could employ um, particularly women, that the financial advice industry has um, a lot of underutilised women who take time out to to have kids. Mm-hmm. And um, because the industry generally is relationship-focused and relies on you eating eating what you kill you know as in you've got to find your own clients and service your own clients that yep. the, the office is really just somewhere to sit whereas i wanted to be able to employ this lost resource mm-hmm. and many of them will want to work at home many of them will want to work school hours and many can't afford to spend the time networking to find new clients or um where the uncertainty of commission-based income. So it was all designed that we could have people anywhere in the country. And That's amazing. So, so it was a big investment in technology to make that happen. Um, we haven't quite rolled out to that level, so we had everyone in the office until the 1st of May. But that's the next level of expansion. So we can – and you as a member of LifeShare but don't have to think – Who's looking after my account? You just know that when you call one three hundred my Sherpa, the person who picks up that call is familiar with your file, wow. and so you—it's not in someone's head. It's mm. all stored somewhere where everyone can pick up the phone and have a meaningful dialogue about your specific circumstances. Yeah, and that's the thing that's been missing in financial planning, and that's why it's always been a cottage industry you know it's mm. most businesses are one or two guys or girls in a in an office and they might share it with them share the office with a mortgage broker or a real estate agent or an accountant but it's never been done as a unified whole where everyone is on the same payroll mm. and not and not dependent on constantly finding new people in the door yeah that makes sense Fantastic. Well, Vince, thank you for being on the show. It's been a wonderful insight for our small business listeners. 
Um, I think you mentioned the website before, but do you just want to um, mention that once again, the website or any social media? How do we yeah, find you? You find us at lifesherpa.com.au. Uh, on Facebook, we're at my life Sherpa, and um, I think it's at my life Sherpa on Instagram as well. But certainly, lifesherpa.com.au. Perfect, awesome. I'll pop those into the show notes for the listeners. Uh, thank you so much, Vince. I really appreciated your time. That was awesome. It's been a pleasure, Carrie. Great to be here. Thanks for tuning into the Biz Nation podcast, your home for small business help. If you're looking for support in business, join us on Facebook, Micro and Small Business Support Group. You can find the link on our website, biznation.com.au. Tune into future episodes for more discussions, interviews and many hints and tips to get you all set in your business. Until next time, stay safe, stay well.